Ready on the roar. 22 to the Wallabies. Do they go long middle? Does Nick White try a little grub or something? Try and get the ball out on the bounce. They cannot kick it okay, directly in touch. They cannot give a penalty away. He drills it low. Nick White puts it into touch. That is full time. Wallabies win. The Wallabies win at Murrayfield. What a start to their tour. Yes, what a start to the tour indeed. The Wallabies with their little miracle at Murrayfield in Edinburgh this morning. Brett McKay with you for the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. And I'm joined by raw rugby expert Jim Tucker and my regular raw rugby podcast co-host Harry Jones for the instant reaction to the Wallabies' 16-15 win over Scotland this morning. What do we make of that one, guys? I still can't quite believe they've won that. Well, I'm I'm, I'm disorientated. Uh, you're wearing tracksuit tops and I've got a formal shirt on, so I think that There's, sort of sums it up, doesn't it? We're, we're all, all a bit, uh, we're all a bit weird. We're all a bit weird and we're all in different time zones as well and who knows what's going on here this morning. We're all a bit thrown out. I mean, that's – I talk about – we talk about luck not going the Wallabies' way this year, Jim, and for a change, it just might have. Yeah, well, there, there was a, a significant point there where Bernard Foley didn't find touch with a kick. Yeah. Uh, but it bounced between yes. two Scottish players. It did find yes. touch. Now, at any stage of this season, that ball doesn't find touch. <laughs> the Scottish player gobbles yeah. it. And we're all slagging Foley off going, these Wallabies, they can't play yeah. the basic, let them down. But that was a, a sliver of luck that they perhaps haven't had this season at all. But you make your own luck. There are lots of uh, warts on that performance. But uh, one thing Rennie has done is he's uh, galvanised the team with heart and they fight and they come back. At 15-6 down, Wallabies hadn't scored a try and you're going, this is a long five weeks on tour. Yeah. But that's a, a really gutsy, worthy victory. Yeah, absolutely. And, and all of a sudden... James Slipper, Harry finds his friend of the pod, finds his second test try in six tests. He's a try scoring machine now, James Slipper. Um, and they've pulled a win out of I don't know where that I'm still not entirely sure how they've how they managed to do it. Yeah, it's one of the strange things about having a pod is you meet these guys and then you become attached a little bit. Yeah, you, know? you do. I, you I do. find myself watching Henry Timmy Stower is playing in a club match just because he's Henry. He's on our pod. <laughs> I was super excited for James Slipper. That was actually a very yeah. well try. I actually think he played quite a bit of a link man um, in this match. Yeah, he, he actually had. He was I throwing. Think, he was throwing a lot of second man like passes at the back, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm gonna say he had he had six carries with the ball, which is actually unusual for a, a, a property. Mm. He also combined eleven tackles. And a lot of those tackles were uh, extremely crucial because yeah. Scotland was knocking on the door um, quite a lot of this match. Yeah, yeah. We'll hear from James Slipper uh, post-match in just a second. Um, our our headlines, um, and I've, I, I've, my headline is very simple, guys. I, I see it, but I still don't believe it. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those games that the Wallabies have lost so many times over, um, you know, uh, you know, Blair Kinghorn has that that penalty kick to win, and I thought he'd. It, it was funny he missed the early conversion, and so I watched his setup, and he actually had the ball aiming slightly outside the right hand upright. And I thought, all right, he's 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 made up for this this morning from from the earlier kick, and then somehow he's managed to kick right across it and pulled it left. 
and I I don't quite I don't quite know how he's done that. So I see it, but I don't believe it. Jim, what was your headline? Well, I'm going to be uh, uh, Frosty the Go Man because uh, I think uh, <laughs> I like that Nick Frost is he's really uh, the bullet performer in the Type Five yeah. for the Wallabies this year. Uh, to me, uh, going forward, having a Nick Frost who challenges in the lineout. Uh, on opposition throws, and a Will Skelton beside him. Sorry, Caden Neville, mm. uh, solid performer, but we need a bit more dynamism uh, there. I think that's a, a potentially a really good-looking lock pairing. Um, uh, Frost, Frost is a very fine player. Mm. Uh, you saw in the the try, he had a lovely touch. Neville yes. too had a nice touch. Neville, Neville's and, little ball for, for slipper was really good too. Yeah. Uh, very good, and if you saw them play Japan, fifteen uh, for Australia, yep. eight, they they shared in a try as well with two nice touches. So that that's just not a um, cross your fingers mm. uh, one off. Uh, they did it uh, in Japan just recently, so that's a really good skill sign for those two players. But I'm excited to see Skelton uh, come in with with Frost too. I thought it was very yeah. good today. Yeah, no, it's a good call, Harry. What was your what was your headline? Yeah, I was going to say, if you have skeleton lifting frost, it's going to be like aircraft clearance. <laughs> You're going to have to talk to the Royal Air Force. <laughs> um, and he could do it, probably. Mm. Uh, I would go sloppy Scotland saves slippers season. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I actually Good. think Scotland – so I don't want to bash Scotland. I do think, though, Scotland had a few opportunities here to put it to bed. And I'm totally with you guys that that showed a lot of heart by the Wallabies to stay in, hang in. But, my God, they were wasteful, Scott, mm. the Scottish team. We, we were just talking about this just before we hit record, Harry, and, and I just – like, yes, Scotland looked like – they looked like they'd done enough to win it. But was it just – was it a case that, that, that the Wallabies' pressure at times was just enough to force mistakes? No, I think there's some of that. There was some yeah. there was some heavy tackling the other way as well that was forcing yeah. mistakes. It's like two teams that were making a lot of mistakes, and the whoever was going to be the one who made the, the last mistake would would lose. Yeah, and that's what happened. And also, you see the difference between having a promising fly off, someone who's on the way up and doing well. I mean, Blair Kinghorn is that, and he looks and, all right, doesn't he? And someone who can manage their emotions when you have to take that final kick. Because I think you would say that he should make that kick. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, no, and, that's fair. And Foley, Foley knew how to make his kicks. Yeah, no, that's no. fair. That's fair. No. Um, here's uh, here is James Slipper uh, talking talking immediately after the win. James, congratulations! Uh, first victory for Australia in four against Scotland here at Murray Field. Just tell me what that was like for you. Oh, it was a hell of a finish, wasn't it? Um, we knew coming here to, to Murrayfield it was going to be a tough encounter and. You know, we've lost the last three here against the Scots, so we, we knew what we were up against. It was another tight game, and it went down to the wire. As a skipper as well, scoring a try your first time leading Australia here against Scotland in the Autumn Nations, even more special for you? Yeah, well, I don't score too many, so, uh, um, you know, everyone is very special to me. But, you know, to be fair, taking a win over a try, I'll do that any day. And what do you make of the effort from the boys as well? Such a tight encounter as it always seems to be between you, you two nations, one point in it. Yeah, well, as I said, we knew it was going to be a tough game, so I'm just extremely proud of the way we prepared coming into this game. We've got five test matches in a row against some really tough opposition, so uh, we're, we're one from one at the moment. We've got the French next week. 
Certainly do. It's a, it's a perfect start for you. I know you want to go and chat to the boys, so congratulations. Well done. You're the famous Grouse player of the match. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. So he was man of the match, James Slipper as well, which which is uh, which was I'm going to say generous. <laughs> Jim, I thought Nick Frost, as you mentioned, was 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 really really good. Um, uh, you know, I think there was uh, Michael Hooper in his return was pretty industrious. Um, I, I thought we'll get to our headlines in in the minute, but I, I'm interested to know what you both thought of uh, of the yellow card on Glenn Young. Did 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 the did the referees and the ARs and the the TMO did they did they talk themselves out of something there? Do you think? Oh, potentially they did. Uh, is it a, a swing towards trying to find a way to talk yourself out of delivering too many red cards in, yes, in games? That's, uh, that's... If that's a direction from World Rugby, uh, I'm not against that. Yeah. Um, I'd not but, thought of that, Jim, I must admit, and that's not a bad point you make. Because they, they do that in waves. Like there's a, a block of games now this whole November period. Are, are they showing a slight softening? Mm. Um, I mean, earlier in the season, that's a red card in Australia. Yeah. Like take yeah. Bermot's head's just uh, there and something's hit it. I mean, that's enough to be a red card. You don't even have to look for yeah. the uh, the bicep joint to the shoulder. Like... Like you, you, you can talk yourself into anything, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, a, a, a tricky one. But l- the less players removed from the field, the better, in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, but you, you have to protect protect the head. But Tame Victor got hit in the head. Like sometimes we've been <laughs> going through thirty five slow mos to find out if there is head contact. Yes. This yes. one was obvious. Like his head's rocked back. So. Yeah, yeah, it's just a bit of a mystery, like uh, the, the way they adjudicate it. And and Luke Pearce, how he actually said to uh, to the Scottish captain to to Richie that um, we're that we're checking to see whether there was head contact because he's getting his head treated, which sort of indicates that he was hit in the head, which which was a perfect explanation for it. It is it is exactly what it what what happened. Well, it was an anatomical lesson, right? Uh, <laughs> it, had, it had aspects of like, would you rather be hit by Ibn Etzebeth's bicep yeah. or, um, you know, Fafta Clerk's shoulder? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is not a workable standard. I went to gym. They do this before World Cups. They did it on the aerials. They relaxed it. They penalized it. They carded mm-hmm. it. Then they relaxed it because they didn't want to mess up the, the tournament. So I think they did really heavy duty. And then now they're relaxing it. The world referees probably have that. Because yeah. you cannot say that, you know, the elbow's bad, but the bicep's good, but the shoulder's okay, but the collarbone's okay, yeah. bad. Yeah. It starts to become ridiculous. Yes. Uh, I would say this. Luke Pierce is not a heavy-pinging referee, and to, to blow 29 uh, penalties is kind of the origin of what I'm saying about yeah. how these two teams made a lot of mistakes because they yeah. forced him to make some penalties that he really cl- clearly did not want to do. He was not trying yes. to over- and. Yeah. And and there was and there was somewhere he, on the run he he said we'll see how this plays out or we, or we will check it we know it happened we will check it and he, I think there was things that he was probably happy to to, in live, and then when they did see a replay and the the Hunter Paisami knockdown was a classic example he he just said I think it's okay but we'll check it well let's play it out. And they looked at it and they made the right decision, I think, in the end there. So that was – I think he actually had a really good game, Luke Pearce. I'm, I was really – no no beefs there at all. Uh, rising and falling, I think, Jim, you've already had your your, your stock rising shout. Um, 
Nick Frost was was very very good. He was he was. So I'd, I'd probably give um, a nod to the uh, the way they handled the halfbacks. Uh, Tate McDermott obviously had a really good start to the game. That yep. excellent break when there was a bit of pace in the game and the the ruck uh, was a, a dominant fast ruck from Australia. Bang, twenty meter run. Uh, that was excellent, but where's the support? That should have been a yeah. shut the gate try. Like you can't talk up for a whole week. Oh, Tate McDermott's going to be exciting. He's going to snipe. He's going to be the attacking mm. go forward guy, and then have seriously yeah. four guys that aren't within twenty meters of him, and they'd be surprised when it happens. Yeah, you've got to expect to make a break. Yeah. So that was uh, tragically poor. Yeah, um, but it, it has to be said when it got ugly and the uh, Scott's really flooded the breakdown and, and did a great job there of making that messy. Uh, McDermott struggled to, to really yeah. Uh, yeah. get the ball to some of the, the right players. Whereas Nick White came on the last 20, was very crisp, found his targets. Yeah. And that was a really good um, bat and change, I thought. That yeah, was agreed. really decisive in Australia having a really cleaner last 20 minutes. Yeah, and no, I agree with that. Harry, who did you who did you have rising today? Today, oh, Jim is on right now. He's uh, taking yeah, all he's my points. I would picking, say this. Picking have, all the good ones. I have long maintained that the, the Wallabies have superb locks and they're taking the right locks on this tour and there's nothing else that needs to be done than to throw Frost and Neville into the mix. But actually, what I've actually said is that they were a little bit wanting at lock position and here I am proved wrong. Uh, Nick Frost definitely had the match. He's great. I, I haven't seen him do that. He got held up early, not held up, but just pushed back on a goal line charge. And I thought, oh, no, it's it's too light. But he really found his weight. I feel like he needs to learn that he's a big guy. Yeah. And I think that happens sometimes with nice guys that are big. They don't know. They're not a bully. Yeah. And I think he found some of that, uh, which was good. But more important than that, technically, he was good in the mall stopping. And um, I actually felt he also had a really good touch. I mean, he's good with the ball. Yes, yes. In open space, which is he's nice. got he's got really yeah. good hands for a big guy. Yeah, I suppose I suppose I would go with Nick White, which is kind of strange. I guess mm. uh, the Scottish uh, commentators were saying he's the most disliked rugby player on earth, uh, according to some sort of uh, survey. I don't know what feed you're watching, but um, <laughs> but he really to this... me rescued this. He rescued the match. I think that Tate was getting in trouble. I think Tate had mm. that, like Jim said, wonderful snipe. But the rest of that um, time he was on, he was really struggling to read rocks, to know when to go in and dig, to know when to throw your hands up in the classic yeah. you know, referee yeah. help me. Um, he was getting a little bit down on himself. Um, I think uh, Nick just brought on this, like, we're going to we're gonna put this to bed. We're going to take this home. We're going to make yeah. it a close match at the end. Yeah. And that's what he did. Yeah. And, he, and yeah. also his exits are 20 meters longer than everyone else's yeah which in a on a wet night on a wet uh, night at murrayfield is yeah massive. makes yeah. a huge difference yeah look I, I was i was gonna go straight for bench impact for um um uh, for my for my rising knowing that so many names ahead of me were gonna be gonna be taken by then i think i think taniela tupo had his best game you know all of his jersey this year was was tremendous even even barring that last ruck penalty that he would have been the most relieved person on the face of the planet when Blair Kinghorn pulled that kick. Um, but up until that point, I think he'd actually been quite good. He 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 did get a steal not long before, which probably gave him the confidence to have a crack at that last one. He mm. he, he won a scrum penalty straight away. He carried well. He had a bit of footwork uh, before contact as well. So 
he was really good. Nick White, you guys have covered off. What I liked about Whitey was that he immediately flattened the attack up and that brought Foley closer to the, to the line. And all of a sudden he was catching the ball with a defender a meter away from him and he was beating first tackle. And I don't know. I just wish Bernard Foley would play flatter by default, but, but the, the bench impact was good. Ned Hannigan made some really important, um, important tackles as, as well. And, and I think it all went, went pretty well off there. We do have to go the other way though, uh, in terms of who might've dropped down the order a bit, Harry, did you, did you have one? Did you have a few there or? Uh, yeah. So I think the Murrayfield um, crowd let Scotland down. They were very quiet. Mm. It was, um, you know, it's, it's tough there in Murrayfield, even when it's not raining, it feels like it's raining. Um, and this, this, the anthem was the high point. I think they really didn't really uh, pull a guy across the line. The names on the jerseys might also be a start yeah, for. I'm not a fan. Man. Not a fan of that. But the Wallabies, so they their forwards did the job. Uh, <laughs> they got enough ball. They got enough uh, chances to go. So I would have to look at the back line, perhaps. And there I'm going to say that Tom Banks didn't convince me yeah. uh, on his positioning. And it's subtle things. It's not just the plays that ended up in a try or the time when the ball went over his head with terrible technique to try and catch it on a on a wet uh, night or wet pitch. I actually think that in general, he was in bad positions and it made other people look bad. Mm. So when they do the actual wash up, they're going to see that the reason why someone missed this tackle was actually because Tom Banks was a step behind, mm. which is understandable. He hasn't played very much rugby. Yeah. Yeah. I can't disagree with that. Jim, what did, what did you have there? Uh, th- this is more a, a reflection of the Wallabies uh, call here. Uh, I'd say Hunter Paisami. Yeah. Like, and I'm looking to say that uh, he might not have been in the top three Australian centres this weekend. He had Dylan Riley playing for Japan, who yes, had a blinder. True. Uh, true. Tui Piloto, who had a really good game for Scotland. Yeah. And I just, not, without wanting to be uh, the dinosaur, when you look at a, a point of difference player like Tim Horan or someone like that, that back line is missing some yeah. magic, whether yeah. it's from Foley, whether it's from an inside centre. When that horrible bungalow from the scrum play in the middle of the field. McDermott throws a just-off pass to Paisami, throws a just-off just pass to Foley, who gets clattered, and it's a complete yeah. mess. Yeah. It falls apart. That's not a precision Australian side. I've said it a few times. Australia used to go to the Northern Hemisphere and always have this confidence they'd be the silky mm. best backline uh, bar New Zealand going to the, the UK, but that's not the case now. Some of the silkiest no. stuff is from Scotland. Some of the silkiest stuff's from Ireland yeah. and England. Australia, there's some clumsiness there that, or lack of precision, and uh, they've really got to get some of those things yeah. sorted out. And So it was more the, the image that we haven't got that uh, magical player in the midfield yet. Yeah, no, I can't disagree. I'd, I'd written Paisami down. I'd written Banks down with a with a question mark because it was sort of a it was a game that he couldn't really get into. It was a game that was played away from from Tom Banks. So they, they kicked a lot to Kellaway and to Wright. And to the point that when when Jock Campbell comes on in the 67th minute, he didn't see a lot of he didn't get many opportunities either. So Scotland, I think, had done their homework and worked out that they were better off kicking to Kellaway or right than they were to, to, to kick to the back. So it's sort of, a, it's it's maybe a bit of a harsh judgment on, on the, on the full backs, but I think the, the Wallabies back three in general 
were a bit off. They just didn't quite seem there tonight as a unit and also as a support team and all that. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they can turn that around for France next week. What's next, Harry? What's what? What do the Wallabies need to address most urgently now? Yeah, I, heard, I read that they do burpees now in practice when someone makes a mistake. So that's not working. Um, is that what is that what caused Pete Samu's back strain? <laughs> maybe, S- supposedly. <laughs> no, I think maybe the French have it where they have a referee um, on their staff and they actually pay yeah. someone and literally blow the whistle to get you know your, to get your mind around it because something is clearly not working. The other thing is, I mean, that was Scotland not playing very well without some of their best players because of the mm. window. I don't think that scoring one try and being clunky the rest of the time is going to work in the rest of the tour. And so part of that is just it's so easy for another team to enter your 22 when all you got to do is have penalty, set-piece penalty, penalty, and now you're in. And you literally didn't even sweat. So that's number one, number two, number three, number four on the list is how can you get it down to eight or seven penalties for the match to a quarter? Mm. There's 15 is really uh, hurting the Wallaby cause. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Jim? Well, I, I think we just have to be realists and understand that there was two teams not in the top four in world rugby playing a test match against each other. Uh, we're getting some serious stuff now. We've got uh, the French and the Irish uh, still to come yeah. who are superb teams. Uh, I think when we see the halfback and 5-8, for France, we'll see what a combination really is. And that's really the, the battle over the last four years. It was the battle coming into the last World Cup. And lo and behold, we're going into another World Cup year with still question marks on mm. who our uh, game drivers are going to be at halfback at 5'8". So uh, a big one against France. We, we do have some really good performances against France over the years and some not so good ones. So a, a real telling match for Australia coming up and yeah. you have to say they're big outsiders but always high hopes for yeah. what can be pulled out and uh, how they can fight um, and maybe get more mall advantage because the Scots did a great job of uh, mm. not letting Australia get any mall advantage at all today. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's a good it's a good shout out. I, I, uh, it's, it was one of those wins that asked more questions about the Wallabies than it, than it solves I, I think and, and, and whilst it's good to get the win yeah, so many of those questions have been left unanswered, I think. Oh, attacking breakdown continues to be an issue. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, discipline was is still an issue, but if they could – and I know this is a bugbear of Laurie Fisher's, and it's been a bugbear of Laurie Fisher's since he came into the Wallabies camp, has been for 20 years at the Wallabies. He's always said the same thing. If you can be half a second quicker at the attacking breakdown, you might only concede one or two ruck turnovers a game instead of five or six. And that continues to be the cause there tonight. You know, a couple of other players in support, maybe those couple of line breaks of Tate McDermott's becomes something completely different. And instead of you've got, there's too many guys being left isolated and all that. So attack and breakdown is is a, is another work on. But it's, yeah. it's, it seems like they are in the zone, Brett. Yeah. But it seems like they're not, they're not positioned at the body height where they know I'm one and you're two and you're three. Yeah, I agree. Which is what's needed. So yeah. that if you the first one doesn't clean, second one's there. I look at them, you know, the big guys, uh, they're actually looking around and doing too much thinking. I thought and seeing who else job. is there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alatoa yeah. and, and Slipper did a good job of cleaning, but 
Beyond them, I didn't see a lot of effective uh, wide cleaning outside Channel yeah. Three. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. No, I'd I'd agree with that. Um, last last night, uh, Japan nearly pulled off yet another famous upset win, going down thirty eight thirty one to New Zealand at the National Stadium in Tokyo. Uh, that was on Saturday evening. Um, surely now they've got to come into the Rugby Championship within the next TV deal. We just can't ignore them any longer. They are such a good team. To watch, but I think, guys, that is another instant reaction behind us after an incredible lucky win at Murrayfield to begin the Wallabies spring tour of Europe. Thanks to you both. It's been another good chat. Cheers, guys. Cheers, uh, boys. Uh, look forward to next week. Yes, indeed. We'll have all the fallout uh, later today and throughout the week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favorite international rugby analysis and opinions and conversations. Thanks so much for your company. We'll be back next Sunday with another instant reaction when the Wallabies take on France in Paris. Mm-hmm.